Yeah, hold that, please. Level five, thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to attend the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to attend the Channelized Bing Bingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And welcome to the following on Cricket Podcast from TalkSport. I'm John Norman. Alongside me at an absolutely freezing Old Trafford is Jared Kimber. We're about to look back at day one of the fourth test match between England and Australia. Thanks for joining us. I hope you brought a radiator and a nice thick jumper because I left my jacket back in London. <laughs> Brilliant. Jared, well, from the greatest day in Test history to the worst, I mean, that was a stinker of a day. Yeah, we, we probably peaked last week, so we probably should have uh, just put a cork in it, really, and uh, called the whole thing off. Uh, it was, uh, there was that point where it was kind of going to rain and not going to rain and going to rain and not going to rain. There was rubbish on the field. They couldn't keep the bales on. Murray Erasmus had to get his ha- change his hat um, when they tried to get the heavy bales, um, it looked like they had to make them from scratch. Uh, it, the whole thing was just dreary. It was, and that was actually the best bit of the day, <laughs> wasn't it? Moray Erasmus's hat certainly was. One of my fondest memories of cricket was in 2006, that test match at the Oval when Pakistan forfeited it, the match... Uh, uh, the ball tampering game, not the match-fixing one. That was four years later. Um, and uh, Jeffrey Boycott did a little piece of Channel 5, I guess, with Mark Nicholas on the outfield, uh, right in front of us, standing there or sitting there, drinking beers, and we'd been drinking beers all day. And then a big gust of wind blew Jeffrey's hat off, and he uh, proceeded to chase around uh, the Oval outfield after it uh, with the roars of the fans in his ears. It was brilliant. It was, Yeah, I suppose it was... Uh... It was a day where not even that happened. Well, here we are again. <laughs> We're showing the, um, what's the right word? Uh, the narrow sphere, uh, the restrictions, the, well, it's player of the day and it's Steve Smith again, isn't it? Or is it Marnus? Or is it Stuart Broad to left-handers? It's definitely Steve Smith. <laughs> I mean, it, it, look, it's, I, I wrote a piece for Wisdom after the second test where I basically said this is Steve Smith's ashes. Everything seems to be revolving around him one way or another. Then obviously Stokes went crazy in the last test. I had a bunch of people tweeting me going, well, maybe it's Stokes' ashes. And I was like, but Stokes only made that innings because Smith wasn't there. Like literally, you know, Smith, Smith would have changed the, the whole complexity of that game. And then he comes back here and he just does the thing again. He just does the thing and he just keeps batting and batting. And, um, you know, I, I thought Marnus did well. Um, 
And yeah, Broad bowled very well to left-handers, as he has been for quite some time. But basically, it's always about Steve Smith. It, it, you know, there was a thought that he would be muddled coming back from concussion. Did he look any different to you? No, he looked exactly the same. I mean, Joffre Arch was bowling about 10 miles an hour slower than he was at Lords. But, you know, even the fact that Steve, you know, even Steve Smith's concussion and subsequent, uh, subsequent uh, missing the third test match led to Marnus Labashain coming in as a test batsman of note and he's moved up to three. So even that has actually been a blessing from Smith to this Australian side. What if... Um... This partnership, uh, Marnus and Smith today, maybe give Australia a chance to put on, you know, 350, which in this series looks like more than enough. Um, and Australia go on to win this match. Joffre knocking out Marnus, uh, sorry, knocking out Smith might actually have opened the door for Australia to find one batsman who could stick with Smith, which might be the uh, difference between the two sides. So it, the whole thing is about Smith. I'm sorry. Look, I'm sorry this keeps happening. There was a long time in my career I went around the world watching Alistair Cook bat. Then there was a long time in, the, in my career where I went around watching Joe Root bat. And now there's a long period in my career where I go around watching Steve Smith bat. That's just the thing, everyone. I've seen a lot of these guys. Yeah, no sympathy. We spent all of the 90s and early 2000s watching various different uh, Australians. Bat. Can you not remember that Ashes series when Steve War wasn't out until... About the fourth test match. I think Angus Fraser finally got him. And the England bowlers slumped to the floor. They didn't even celebrate when he was out. We have been here before. Uh, no, can you tell me more details about the 90s in English cricket, please? Story of the day. We've kind of done that, haven't we? Yeah. I mean, it's Steve Smith. Um, uh, you know. Well, what about Joffre Archer then? Because very often player of the day is about the player of the day. Story of the day. Why is Joffre Archer bowling so slowly, Jared? Why? Why is he bowling so slowly? I, I have no idea. I mean, you know, it's not like well, he was bold um, at all at, at Lords. Look, I think he's tired, but also he did go up in pace. Uh, he bowled one ball. One stage I was watching, it was really interesting. He bowled one ball at 78 miles an hour to Smith, then at 85 miles an hour, then 89 miles an hour. He was going up and down, so I, maybe he thought there was a bit of movement. So he was, you know, he does, he, we, we know that he pulls back his pace when he thinks the ball's moving around. He's conserving his energy to a certain point. So it's possible that he was doing that. But uh, he could also be a little bit just tired. Well, also, I mean, there's conditions, and we'll mention it uh, throughout the podcast, the conditions today for bowling. I mean, if there's one thing that you hear consistently uh, from the bowlers, apart from the fact that, you know, it hurts to bowl, um, is that it's very difficult when they have to bowl into a very stiff wind or one that's coming across the ground. Well, that is kind of what happened today. Maybe that. Maybe they were freezing as well. Yeah, I'm, well, he's Bayesian, so, you know, and uh, he's usually in the much warmer climate of, of Sussex. But, um, look, uh, you know, it is hard to bowl with a stiff body into a stiff breeze. Everyone says that. Uh, well, I thought the ball of the day uh, could well have been the dismissal of uh, Marnus Labashain, uh, Craig Overton, you know, mixing it up a little bit and getting one to seam in. Uh, I thought he'd been caught behind, actually, uh, but I don't have a TV screen in here, so uh, that's my excuse. Uh, did you think he'd been caught behind? I did not think he uh, was caught behind, but I was actually watching the cricket at the time. So uh, it did seem quite a while. It was a great ball. I think it was the second best ball of the day, though. I think the Ben Stokes swinging ball to Marnus early on, where he didn't even play a shot, which hooped around like a banana. What uh, is it about Mark, Marnus Labuschagne and wanting to get out on all fours? Because yeah. he came very close to doing it for the third time in this series. Yeah. And he's only batted four times. <laughs> 
No, 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 that was interesting. But yeah, he certainly, um, he, he got a couple of ripping balls today. But yeah, the Overton ball was, uh, it reminded me of the Steve Smith uh, wicket in Adelaide. And then I went back and watched the Steve Smith wicket in Adelaide. And I was like, this is a way better ball than that. Yeah, that was a misjudgment uh, from Smith. I didn't go back to look at the Steve Smith dismissal in Adelaide. But I know the one because it seemed to be the only way you got Steve Smith out, essentially, uh, in the inside edge onto his own stumps. Even then, he's hitting the ball. It's ridiculous. But yeah, I'd say that's my ball of the day. And I'd say you're wrong about what your ball of the day was. Uh, but it was a good one. And it certainly woke me up from my stupor. Good. Shot of the day. There was a beautiful square drive by Labuschagne, second over of Craig Overton's uh, first spell. And also there was an on drive from Steve Smith. Wasn't a particularly good ball by Stuart Broad. First ball after lunch, I think. Can't quite remember. He pitched it up. It was too straight. But it kind of tells you that's a good pitch for batting. Yeah, definitely. I actually think the, the best shot of the day was Stephen Smith falling over cover drive to reach 50 when yeah, yeah. Ben Stokes bowled a wide half volley and he sort of was just going to lash it almost West Indian style through the covers and then just sort of fell over while playing the shot. It was a similar dismissal to the, or similar shot to the Ben Stokes dismissal in first innings at Lords when he, when he was stretching so far, you almost need an, a, a cricket bat extender to get to the ball. Uh, I sound a bit like Boris Johnson. Um, I've been watching a lot of PMQs today. I've been distracted, okay? Whoa, wow. Who's speaking today? It's none other than uh, the guy who got uh, Marnus Labashane out. Try and say that surname without putting on a mock Aussie accent. It's Craig Overton and hot on the hills of the uh, England fast bowler. Well, it is Marnus Labashane. Come on, give it up. Yeah, it's tough, obviously, with quite a big ground as well so everyone's all the fielders are quite dispersed and you can't really hear each other but um and running in is quite obviously quite tough because you're constantly getting blown away by by the wind but for me it was just trying to battle through that wind and trying to hit the crease as much as possible and hitting decent errors and it came out quite nicely in the end and can you get steve smith for a second time of course you uh, got rid of him in uh, australia yeah that's the aim yeah um get everyone out really but um yeah he's he's the big one that we want to get and We'll come back tomorrow with a positive attitude and try and get him early. Yeah, look, it's obviously, you know, to have a loss like that so close that was in our grasps it, it is, you know, was disappointing. But I think by the way we went about the game today and we played today, you know, we're here and, and by no means we're, we're in the contest and, you know, we're really keen to, you know, secure the ashes. OK, we've got two mini rants, have we? OK, you first. Just it's the same again. You know the tea break. We had so many breaks where we could have had the tea break when we were off the field, um, and they don't. It's just so nonsensical that we're still in a situation where we we haven't looked at this. I think I said during one of the other tests, I'm not even sure we need a tea break. I'm not even sure that it, it has any purpose anymore in, in international cricket. Um, but surely we did not need it today when the players spent that much time off the ground. Also, I'm sorry, but you don't have tea at 5.30. You have dinner at 5.30. Uh, in uh, day-night cricket, what time are the timings there? I forget. It starts at 2, doesn't it? So there's a, there's a tea break at 4 and a dinner break at 6.40. Is that right? Yeah, it just depends. I mean, it can be 1 o'clock start as well in, in day-night. But yeah, they, they swap them around. Uh, are you happy with so, that? So yeah, but no, no, not at all. But So basically, yeah, it's called dinner then. So if it starts at 1, that means there's a kind of whatever it's called, at 3, 3 to 3.20, then two hours, 5.20, and then it's called dinner, isn't it? Yeah. So that should have been a dinner break. Okay. That's my rant. It's not, it's not my rant. Now, my rant is, uh, <laughs> it's not really a rant, but look, when these fixtures were announced back in, I don't know, England are so, you know, 
have to get everything sorted so many years in advance. So when these fixtures were announced in 2004, everyone looked at it, scanned it through and went, Ashes test in Manchester in September. Eh? Well, guess what? Guess what we're looking at? We're looking at a day's play, which is seeing 44 overs in some of the more most freezing conditions. It's like, we're nowhere near the sea. It looks like there's seagulls out there. It's as though the, the wind's coming in off the North Sea. Everybody's freezing, cold. Anyway, we, everyone knew this was going to happen, and it did happen. So, stupid, really. Well... Anyone who shelled out, whatever they shelled out, 70 quid, 80 quid, it's up north, maybe a little, bit, little, a little bit less, maybe a little bit more. The conditions to watch cricket here, if you weren't being uh, blown over by the gale, if you weren't being rained on, um, if you weren't just freezing. I mean, it was so cold even in the commentary box, although rumour has it the press box was really hot. Um, I've had a hoodie on all day. So, yeah, anyone who shelled out money to come watch cricket today and also... You would have been like listening to the following on podcast all week on repeat, hearing about this great game, how this is the most amazing series of all time, 2005 and all that. You would have been thinking, oh my, if Jared and John Norman from Talk Sport fame uh, think this is going to be the best test ever, well, we've definitely got to be there. And they would have been really excited and they would have got here early, sat down and they would be really disappointed with us because cricket just didn't deliver today. So, you know, apologies. No, that's all fair what you said. Um, but um, <laughs> but uh, no, unlike yesterday, is Joe Burns, who in his last test for Australia made 180 opening the batting. Couldn't get in this squad. Obviously had some issues, so he went home from his, his county thing, although then came back, so he was available to be picked. Um, Australia's now tried three openers. Is that right? Three openers in this series? Their backup opener was McGuire is also being dropped. And uh, Joe Burns is, uh, you know, not here. It feels like, uh, it, you know, if everyone else is getting a shot. He, uh, he, and he's played a bit of county cricket as well. I, I don't know. I just think he, he must feel a little bit unlucky. Although Osman Kawadra probably thinks he's a bit unlucky too, since the openers don't look like actually making a run and he's got to come in behind them. And he was the one that was dropped. I've just got this image that right now, somewhere in Australia, one of those pubs, uh, that you may not have seen because you didn't grow up in England, but Castlemaine Forex adverts, those pubs that we all know in the outback, round a table, three chairs, uh, some uh, some Castlemaine Forex, no doubt, and sitting around that table, uh, Joe Burns, uh, Matt Renshaw, and probably Eddie Cowan, and they're just looking at each other. There is no way Eddie Cowan's ever drunk a Forex. So I was thinking about... Uh, you know, our soon-to-be award-winning podcast following on. And I was thinking, well, what? it's going to be lull of the day. There's been nothing to laugh about. And then, without pause for my brain to just whir around one more cog in the wheel, a beach ball flew across the entire outfield, stopping play. Um, one or two of the players tried to hit it. I think uh, Steve Smith might have hit it with a bat. I don't know. He anyway. it. He swept it for four and then, you know, got 100. He reached 100 by hitting a beach ball to, uh, to the boundary. And then the beach ball was followed by about 15 packets of Walker's Crisps. You know, that kind of... Are they, are they sponsoring us? Not yet, but, you know, there is actually an opportunity there. Uh, that stopped, you know, minus Labashane. He kept, you know, telling the bowler to go back. Stuart Broad, the old double teapot, the slip cordon were chirping away. It was all brilliant. Then the bales flew off and it's like, wow, we've never had this problem before. Then Murray Erasmus' hat was, you know, 
flying off as well. And it was just the most lull moment for a good 20 minutes or so. Essentially, Jared, crisp packet, stop play today. We saw eight balls in 20 minutes because of wind. It's a great sport. See, you went early with your unluckiest of the day because my mistake of the day uh, was going to be in and around the openers, but we can change it slightly. You know, David Warner misjudgment in the first over, very similar to the misjudgment he's played before uh, to Stuart Broad. Um, Where is he, by the way? Um, Yeah, a bit of a... Probably below us because that's where the away change rooms are. Yeah, good one. Don't de- deconstruct radio. Oh, okay. Um, so, yeah, that was a bit of a mistake. Apart from that, have you got anything? Um, no, I don't think so. I think, um, I mean, if, maybe if, if Joffre is not bowling consistently fast because of the amount of overs he's already had to bowl in this series, then you could say, suggest that maybe Joe Root had a bit of a mistake. Also, I, and it's hard to tell, on a day like this when we go on and off so much and the ball was wet, but... I thought Jack Leach actually had them in trouble a little bit at times there, and maybe he disappeared and didn't come back, but that could have been because of the wet ball, um, to be fair to him. Um, didn't he start with some shocking deliveries too? Um, but yeah, I think, um, yeah, it was a, a, as, as much as possible a mistake-free day except for the, um, uh, the tea break, which was a uh, crime against uh, humanity. Moment of the day. Uh, well, we could just skip it and go straight to the outro, but have you got a moment of the day? I think it's Marnus uh, Levashain's um, fourth straight 50. Uh, I, I, the more he bats, the less I actually think he's going to be successful long-term in Test cricket. And I, I'm a fairly big fan of his, but at, at times I've looked at him and just been like, I, I, I'm just not sure. Although he just keeps making runs, so you've got to respect that. And there's a certain point where it doesn't matter what you look like. Uh, and how you play. It does matter if you make consistent runs and he's been doing that. So I think him um, surviving today again um, and, you know, I, he might be the difference between Australia being bowled out for 140 and making what could be a Ashes winning score or at the very least um, keep them in the contest. Well, he kept them in the contest at Lords. Uh, he put on 100 runs with David Warner at uh, Headingley. That should have actually been a winning partnership. Uh, he's done the same thing as well. There's a cussedness about him, isn't there? There's a kind of Jonathan Trot ugliness about it. He suits three. I could see him being a success. But then I agree with you as well. It's almost like I think to myself, this guy is never going to get out for less than 50 and he's never going to go on and make 100. Well, he played a pull shot off over dinner Stokes today. It was terrible. And he, play, he plays occasionally plays drives where I'm just like, the only thing you can do is edge this drive. And you know, that the ball that Stokes hit him on the pads for, he wasn't even playing it. And it was always going yeah. leg side. It swung early. I don't know, just sometimes I just, he just seems to have this really weird judgment. Um, obviously got dropped a lot at Leeds, but you couldn't say that he's been particularly lucky in his other innings so far. I don't know. It's, there's just something that I'm not 100% sure, but I do like the way he fights through every innings. Quite interesting that England decided to send him off uh, today. Uh, Yeah, I saw that as well. It was Overton, wasn't it? But there'd been a lot of chat in the last test as well, isn't there? I think he he gets in people's faces. Again, he's he's not the most attractive cricketer, but from an opposition perspective, he's he's fast becoming one that I dislike quite a lot. And you could probably say that about Steve Smith as well. Anyway, uh, I think we've done pretty well. Considering there was only 44 overs of action, I think that we have more than equaled uh, in this 20-minute roundup more uh, accurately with uh, passion and uh, something approaching entertainment uh, than the uh, cricketers managed. Although we haven't had to do it standing out there in a 
100 mile an hour wind. Yeah, I mean, you said 44 overs of action. I'm not sure action is the word I'd use. It was more 44 overs of inaction. You said action funny there. You kind of, I don't know, I wish I had videoed that. <laughs> anyway, <Radio. laughs> shall we, uh, shall we call, it, call, it, uh, call it a day here at Old Trafford? The floodlight's on, it's freezing. We might have mentioned that. And uh, day one of a uh, test match, which will hopefully get a lot better on day two. Let's, uh, in fact, let's agree never, ever to talk about this day's cricket ever again for as long as we live. Uh, you're listening to Following On Podcast. Review, subscribe and enjoy on Acast or iTunes. And we will be back at this time tomorrow, looking back at all the action from day two at Old Trafford. Thanks for listening. Hold that, please. Level five. Thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to Ertzen the Biparcel Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to Ertzen the Channelized Bimbingus at the Biparcel Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chattel sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. At TalkSport, we absolutely love it when our fans get stuck in. That's why we want you to join us in The Dugout, a brilliant new TalkSport listener community. It's a place where you can tell us what sports you're into and who your favourite teams are. And tell us what you think we could do better, like big guests and new sports and that. You could win an Amazon voucher for taking part. What are you waiting for? Visit TalkSport.com dugout and get stuck in. 18 plus, terms and conditions apply.